Hey, everybody. Let's get fucking pumped. I'm talking about on it. Do you want to be fit? Do you like, do you want your boobs to bounce like the rock? Do you want to have a tight buttocks? Do you want to have nice thighs? Wow, I'm running out. Anyway, uh, do you want to have a cool t-shirt? Look, maybe just be out of shape and wear a cool t-shirt. You can get kettlebells. You can get battle ropes. You can get maces. You can get weight bats and freaking exercise pants. Videos of how to do it and use it so you don't even need a trainer. You can just stay at home. On it is of is your coach, and I got a discount code, so you need to use it. It's it's on it.com slash Ellis. Get yourself a fat ass discount on all these supplements. Alpha Brain, Alpha Brain Instant, Shroom Tech, Alpha Brain Black Label. You name it, they've got it to advance your life and make you more advanced, like me, the future of myself. On it.com slash Ellis. Online privacy. It's important to us. It should be important to you that's why you need a vpn and not just any vpn you need a vpn that you trust if you can't trust your internet service provider don't just turn around and get some fly-by-night vpn you want express vpn not only do they not log or track your activity online they have a server that is sped up it's called a setup it's called trusted server they are literally incapable of trust of saving your data that's how you know you're in good hands with express vpn some express some vpns can slow down your connection a little bit you're not going to have that problem with express vpn you may be wondering yeah sure but can i set it up yes you can friend it's super easy and that is why if you were in the market for a vpn you should be in the market for express vpn will it stop my nudes from getting out to the public only if you want it to. That's a good question because I want everybody to see my butthole. Uh, so protect yourself with VPN that I use and trust. Use my link, expressvpn.com slash Ellis today and get an extra three months for free on your on uh, on a year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Ellis. One more time, expressvpn.com slash Ellis to learn more. singing that song and sometimes i find it to be embarrassing and it's usually because somebody came in the studio that i don't know and i've known him for three seconds and his buddy and i'm like two dudes hey two dudes want to hear a fucking asshole sing a stupid ass song at the start of a show good adam 22 is here another reason why it's intimidating because adam 22 you guys might not know if you don't know then what the fuck but you might be like a jason ellis show hardcore i was listening to you on sirius xm what is podcasting because you moved adam did it a long time ago really big very successful knows everything there is to know even though i don't know him 
but I know enough to know that he's way ahead of us. And at one point, we didn't even know he existed and he was already destroying. Because you've been in the game a long time. Done a lot of stuff. Done a lot of stuff. But I always knew about you from like, you know, I just have a lot of friends in action sports in general and stuff. Because you're a BMX guy, right? Right. But people would always hit me up and be like, you should go on Jason Ellis's fucking radio show or whatever. And I was always just like, how the fuck do I do that? How would I ever get in touch with him? Yeah, you could have messaged me on stupid social media, but because yeah. I would have been into that. But That's you were, were you... A pro BMX dude? Nah, so I've been running BMX passionately. Like, that was my fucking whole life was just, like, street BMX. Like, from... I got into it at, like, 13, when, which would have been, like, 1997, and just rode, you know, intently all through high school. But I was never that good, but I would, like, you know, I, was, I wanted to be a filmer, and I would get video cameras okay. and stuff like that, but I wasn't really, like, actually with it enough to really figure out the filming side of things. But I would film and everything, but then... When it really like turned into something and not just me like, you know, hanging out. Like I moved to New York City when I was like 21, basically because I wanted to just ride BMX and film and hang that out. Was, where city. are you originally from? Nashua, New Hampshire. Oh, wow. AKA Hash Brown Town. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, a small city, like 45 minutes outside of Boston. So BMX took you to New York City. Yeah. Because like at that time, like uh, street riding was very much like in probably its greatest like growth phase in like. 2002 like right when i graduated high school like this is pegs yeah grinding ledges everything jumping stairs, that, that all that shit could be done on a rail was like being invented around that time period like late 90s early 2000s was when it really started the progression just ramped up so much so you were doing rails on bmx on bike so i was never like a great rider I but you still a, did those a few rails here and there but it wasn't really like i, I was never really like the pro or anything right. like that. Oh, not to mention, I didn't even know about that. I just feel up. like there's such a slam involved in, because I've done demos with bike guys my whole life, so yeah. I'm friends with them, but I always felt like they don't bail. <laughs> like on, on Vert, they don't, like when we do stuff wrong, we'll try stuff, and if it's wrong, we kick off. They think about it in their head, and then they just, they fucking commit. They can't bail. Sometimes there was people where I was like, you could have got out of that, but mm. you're so programmed to, Never eject that because they stay on. But when it comes to rails on a bike, you want to kick off a little bit. You don't want to get tangled in both. Is that like, has that happened to you? Because I feel like that's like the worst slam I can think of. Well, like I always think about just like on El Toro. I've seen people try, you know, a flip trick down El Toro 10 times and they just roll out of it nicely every time. And that like, I was there, I, I was filming the first time that dude Barspin Del Toro. Yeah. And I mean, there's not a lot of like, you're not like rolling out of it. Like you, the bike is just right there for you to fucking impale yourself onto. You right. Know? And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. It is like, that's what I always stood out to me is that that's kind of like an advantage, I guess, for skateboarding is that skateboarding, it's harder. It's harder to stay on the skateboard. But then at the same time, if you're going to fucking bail, it's a lot easier. The board is a lot smaller and it's easier to avoid. You yeah. Know? Yeah, the the commitment level because I can tell when you do certain tricks in skateboarding, I'll spin it and test it, knowing very well that I am nowhere near making it. Right. But I'll spin it and get a look at where the landing is, and then turn around and do what is called a knee slide in the right. game. But for some weird reason, these guys with knee pads on, they don't know what knee slides. I've never seen. I'm talking fucking twenty years in the game. All the best BMX dudes in the world. I never saw anyone go, eject the bike, Very knee rare. slide down the ramp. And yeah. I was like, you got the same pads on as me. You, There could be an option, but BMX dudes never take it. I've seen people just 
just dive bomb to the flat, still holding on to the bike. That's such a big decision in the air on a bike. It's like, I have to get this thing away from me right now. Like, you must have to be convinced at that moment that you're so fucked and your rotation or whatever is so It has to be early. You can't do it last minute. Right. Because you'll get tangled in the bike if you don't get it fully away from you, correct? But whereas with the board, you can just kind of kick it away. It's it's in between moto and skateboarding. So in moto, you can never let go of the bike. And as a skateboarder, I always, whenever things went wrong in the air on a dirt bike, I totally wanted to eject because i was like oh fuck i gotta get out of here and it's like no you've got to stay on it and let the bike take the impact and then crash if you have to but it's best to stay on it right i feel like bmx or biking there's an option there sometimes i know it for for a fact i've been on the ramp with these guys and i was like right there no no you oh yeah you what could about have, what about you, mega ramp i've seen guys fuck up on mega ramp with they the don't need slide there either I'm. I, I, I've seen it there because there yeah. you have all the time in the world to get the bike away from. Okay. Well, I've okay. seen the guys that don't get rid of it, and I've seen things yeah. that I cannot believe. Well, not the people dude just not- popped his fucking eyeball. He, okay, so there's this dude. I, I think forget, I heard. About I don't know that. his name, but he did a 1440 or a dirt jump. So one more than a 1080. Yeah. 1080 probably got invented like 2007, I think, over a jump, yeah. and then. He fucking this dude could do a fourteen forty, and he did it, and somehow the the fucking bar went oh. right into his eye. And I saw on his Instagram story, he said that his bar popped his eye like a fucking tomato. Whoa! Like went right but into it. He might did be, he get his eye back in? I don't know. I think that they literally went in and had to sew his eyeball back together. But I don't. Oh. I don't think that they know for I've sure. I've always wanted like a glass eye like that guy in the. Schwarzenegger movie like the with the bullseye on it or whatever. Last action hero? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, last action hero guy was sweet. Yeah, that's the silver lining, I guess. He would look badass. Getting the marble eye. I mean, yeah. you could just get yeah. contact lenses that make it look like a target. You don't contact have to blow your eyeball out. You don't I just can't believe someone did a 1440. I know. Because he pulled it in practice and then he fucked it up during the event. Yeah, it's weird how they just keep spinning how everyone just keeps going I don't think, think you'd be done, but they're not adding another one after fourteen. You can't say that. How can you say know. that? I didn't know they did that one, and you just told me that. Like that yeah. just means that someone's going to go further. But think about that. It took somebody. What is it? Fifteen t- years to add an extra three. We're like talking about an eighteen hundred. Am I doing that math right? Uh, Wait, what? Fourteen forty plus three sixty is eighteen hundred. Yeah. Okay. What's it? Is it a twelve forty? Is that the <laughs> under the this next one from a ten eighty? Is it a twelve? No, because then well, Cause that, then did, you'd have to land fakie. Yeah, somebody in skateboarding did that. Some oh. little kid can do a twelve. Is it a twelve? Yeah, I don't. The, I don't think you're landing fakie after spinning around that many times. He doesn't. He <laughs> got skateboard. It would definitely work better. I mean, if you if depends on the jump. Like if you start making jumps that are like ski jumps with uh, a kicker and then a descent. Yeah. Then you if you can hold your spin, you can spin. Till the cows but come home. Riding backwards, like even if you have a free coaster, so you don't have to pedal backwards. Like, oh yeah, after keep forgetting all that momentum. Like, I'm, I don't even think I ever. Like, you'll see people do like a big five forty <laughs> down a big ass set of stairs, but I, I, it's really hard for me to imagine somebody busting like a nine hundred to fakie over a good point. A jump. I've never Although, seen that. A, would be so sick. A BMX guy landing backwards with the same amount of speed that he took off oh, forwards yeah. would be the most insane thing. With a ever. skateboard, it's it's doable. Yep, yep, yeah, good point. I completely yeah. forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> So anyway, BMX, sure, but you're also a person uh, as a as a guy that has, you know, I'm very sexual and I've talked about yeah. it and some people like it, some people don't like it, but because I talk about everything, I get to know wh- what your opinions I are on it. I'm a little freak. I was just listening to that uh, Impulsive episode, so I got, I got a little background there. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I'm so punchy, man. It's ridiculous. <laughs> that sounds familiar. 
But uh, I, I've seen you fuck. I've watched. I've got your account and all that. Not for. Don't get weird. I'm wow. gay for certain people, not you. That's cool. You're a business guy who I'm like. Wait, you got kids? Wait, you have a big podcast and you talk to like a lot of rappers, and then you have an OnlyFans where your dicks out, yeah. and everyone's okay with that. Yeah. How did you do that? Because I, I always felt like uh, my wife has her OnlyFans now, nice. but I always thought. If I get caught on there, that's the end of my career. Really? I, when I was on SiriusXM, I wanted to be on there because she has friends and they all film and they're like, you should be in it. And I'm like, I would love to be in this, but I don't want anyone to- That'd be an easy to f- excuse to fire you if, for sure. Yeah. I think something like that. So I never, um, I was always concerned and just everybody's opinion, but it seems like for you- no one, I don't see anybody in the comments just saying, how dare you be, you know, I mean, uh, an entertainer and a adult yeah. entertainer. I mean, or I, or is, I, am I wrong? I kind of just like gradually fell into it and got more and more comfortable with it. Like I remember there was one time where the, there's an awards show in BMX called the Nora Cup. And uh, it, that's the, like the their version of, I don't know, whatever. The a BMX is. award. Got you into porn? No, this is there's many steps between that. And okay. Thing, but. Well, I want to hear about all of them because okay. I want to know how you you seem right. like such a BMX dude to me. I don't know yeah. you, but when you talk and I watch your show, I go, he's just one of us. But that's and why then it's, it's so like funny that- I'm taking my pants off. Yeah. I'm gonna fuck you and my, and my wife, and I'm like. Are you really going to do that? Jamie wow. Beswick threw his arm around you. <laughs> next thing you know. That's why I think it's so funny that I like get to interview all these rappers because I don't. I feel like a regular BMX dude who somehow has like wormed his way into this position. Which I want to know about that as well. But go do the, uh, okay. the sex so thing I'm first. at this award show, right? And there's this girl who's hitting me up and she looks kind of ugly or whatever. So I'm not hitting her back on Twitter or whatever. She's all trying to fuck me. And she's telling me she's got a friend. They want to fuck me together, whatever. And I'm ignoring her. They show up at this BMX award show. And we all start getting drunk as fuck. This is pro- this is before the podcast, the BMX thing or anything. This is probably like 2009 or no, no, 2012 or something like that. And okay. Like, one of the girls just drops to her knees and starts sucking my dick in the middle of this fucking like award show, like party bar. BMX dudes everywhere. Atmosphere. I look over and I just see like fucking guys who have like many, many X Games medals and shit. And they're eh. just looking at me and like just can't believe what's happening. And then those girls, we like, I remember we went back to the hotel room and we just fucking started snorting all these fucking drugs and shit and like we were just fucking hooking up and i put the whole thing on snapchat and i just remember it was like the talk of the bmx world the next couple days because nobody could believe that like you could just see me fucking with a bunch of naked chicks in a fucking hotel room on snapchat and i just i I remember like having so many people hit me up about it and i also remember kind of realizing at that point like this doesn't bother me. Like Wait, I'm, I'm totally down with this. Is this like one of the bigger things that ever happened to you in your BMX life? No, it wasn't even anything. Well, you were already. Did everyone know you already before yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had a big Snapchat. Had you ever put your dick in Snapchat before? Were you a guy that was like, "Hey, man, have you seen my boner lately?" Like, were you yeah, that kind of guy or no? I was always like the dude who would just not shut the fuck up about his sexual experiences and shit like that. Okay, but, but you would. Do stuff in public as well. Well, that just happened that one time. Okay, that, was that wasn't kind of a like regular eye opening experience of like, oh, like this doesn't bother me. And yeah. so, but and- wait, I'm sorry. Did you do that because you were like fucked up and maybe you weren't feeling as in? I, there's, I there's wasn't people- even that fucked up at that point in the night. I was people just- have lots of sex and people have Snapchats and social media. There's a reason why most celebrities don't post themselves having I wasn't sex a online. Celebrity at all at that point. This is way before the podcast blew up. There's a reason anything. why most people don't I was do known that. In the BMX world, because yeah. I had like basically in 2006, I started like the 
the BMX website. Like there weren't any good BMX websites. I started one. It was called The Come Up. It was like me writing my opinions about all the videos and like just putting all the news and everything in place. And that's how I became known in BMX was okay. basically by in like 2006, I basically made myself like the opinionated asshole blogger dude in the BMX community okay, and it. then just created this whole business. And over the, over the years, I started like a, a bike shop downtown and then we moved it to Melrose. Do you still have a bike shop? We're o- reopening on Fairfax uh, right across from Supreme, like in a couple, uh, probably about a month, I guess. Yeah. No, right by the dime bar. Fucking yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah. Right down the corner from there. So, uh, yeah. yeah, but, but anyway, like, uh, then my girl that I'm with now, when I started hanging out with her, I still remember one time, like right in the beginning, she said to me, she was like, do you think I should start a private Snapchat, which is basically like the pre- predecessor to the OnlyFans, you know, all these girls have private snaps before yeah. that. And I remember, cause she had like 50,000 followers and she like, kind of like had a shitload of people asking for naked photos and shit like that. And I was like, I think you should do whatever the fuck you want to do. You know, I wasn't like dating her at this point. Yeah. And then slowly we started to like actually, you know, date. And then we started to like, we, at that time we were getting fucked up. We would go out and get drunk, do Coke, meet a random girl. All of a sudden, we're having a threesome with her, and we, like, record some of it, and then we end up asking her, and we, like, you know, she puts it on our private Snapchat the next day or whatever, and that kind of, like, got my foot feet wet in terms of, like, <laughs> oh, all of a sudden, now I have people on Twitter sending me pictures of three girls sucking my dick on a Friday night because it was on my girl's private Snapchat, and these people paid for it or whatever, and I just really didn't give a fuck. And then with me and my girl, like, I just kind of slowly over time started, like, you know, fucking her and her her friends more and more and just kind of getting used to it to the point where my girl just schedules it in my calendar like it's whatever, like, you know. Was that pretty lucrative from the start or? Well, yeah, it was pretty, yeah, my girl's probably one of the biggest girls on uh, OnlyFans, so she kind of blew up, like, really crazy in the beginning. And then kind of, like, right before the pandemic hit, we had this idea of, like, what if we did, like, a, a premium podcast where we interviewed girls and then had threesomes with them afterwards i subscribe it's fucking genius appreciate you the whole thing only plugtalk.com yeah i can't my jaw i just can't believe it's still happening i'm like is he gonna but yeah is he gonna fuck him after this because it just see because it's a podcast it's normal interview good interview doesn't seem like it's like gonna it's not all about fucking, but it is. It's such a weird concept. Is it like a, a two-parter where you interview them, you have the threesome, and then you get them back on mic and they sort no. of evaluate you? <laughs> no, it ends with the uh, yeah. ejaculating, typically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's usually where it ends for me, too. Yeah, we do and- a slight break like, between the interviews right. so we can take our mics off, yep. which even that kind of bothers me because I would love for it to just be like completely seamless. Someone you know? should start yeah. sucking you off while you're talking and wrapping it up. I have so many ideas. For I this. bet it seems like because you've got a lot of great ideas, for, which like, means you'd be- it's me and my girl interviewing girls. But I like I had a vision in my head the other day. I'm like, imagine if it was like a bunch of dudes interviewing chicks, and then they just gangbang them afterwards. You could do that one. That'd be the best podcast ever. Yeah, I don't Maybe. know about if I don't know if I want to watch that interview. It <laughs> seems torturous for everybody. I am very excited that I get to tell you, yes, you, the listener, about Nomad. Nomad, man. Wait, 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 me? You guys? Oh no, 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 no not no. me. No, no, no. You, could, you got a weird pause in your in your voice. It's all for dramatic. Everybody, effect. Nomad is a thing that you can get. By the way, they they make uh phone the cases way, and chargers and stuff. Chargers and things yeah. and stuff. Are we talking about? What's the deal with phone chargers? Nomad. Um. Yeah. Nom- yeah. Nomad. You. Yes, definitely Nomad. That's who we're talking about. 
Yeah. They make very high-quality phone cases, I've had chargers, a phone charger for a long cables. time, and it's the only phone charger that lasts... I don't know how long it's going to last. I feel like it's like a permanent one. Yeah, every the cables other one, are diesel. They don't, yeah. they don't fray and break at the end and then stop charging, or you have to hold them at a weird angle. Yep. The, the little um, contact charging stands that you can just place your phone on and it starts charging. Coolest thing in the world. Guys, look at this computer laptop charger. I couldn't sure through this if my life depended on it. You should try, though. That would be funny to watch. Um, here I go. Okay, well, he chose on a recommend. <laughs> check out Nomad at nomadgoods.com slash Alice. Oh, the Kevlar. To see what living the nomad life is all about. That's N-O-M-A-D-G-O-O-D-S dot com slash Ellis. Hey, everybody, talking about Manscaped. Do you have hair? Okay, good. Then listen to this. As a guy that uh, shaves everything, at least at one point, I've everything has a shaver has gone across every single part of my body. Manscaped is part of my day-to-day life. These shavers are uh, awesome. Uh, they just do the job excellent. They don't miss any hairs, like because I shave my legs and I got blonde hair, so I can't see all the hair. These things, because as I said, I shave a lot. These guys get rid of it. They do the job, and I feel like. Um, less uh chances of cut cutting my balls and stuff like that too it's very important yeah i don't like ball nicks no and you know what i like going out in the world knowing my balls look great even if nobody out there in that great big scary world is going to see them i know <laughs> and it makes all the difference yep. in my day and manscaped is about a lot more than just the lawnmower 4.0 we've all been enjoying a bunch of uh personal grooming products like premium deodorant hydrating body spray two in one shampoo and conditioner and i don't know about you fellas my lips have been dry as all get out the last month or two and i've been leaning very heavily on the manscaped lip balm they were kind enough to send our way uh, if you want to get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code ellis at manscaped.com you will thank yourself if you have a lady or a man in your life who sees your balls, shave her bush. Yeah, they will thank you. <laughs> your balls will thank you. That's twenty percent off plus free shipping with the code Ellis at Manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle, thanks to Manscaped. Um, but it, with uh, your wife being pregnant mm-hmm. and you having a Kept kid going. already, is that how's is that any um are people offended by that you know i have to ask because people get offended i don't give a fuck you know i I read it and stuff but yeah we didn't we slowed down i think maybe when she hit like six months pregnant that's when we stopped shooting the the porn content just because she started to be like physically kind of uncomfortable like you know enough pregnant sex is great but like filming it is kind of cumbersome you know like like the best kind of pregnancy is is like lazy ass like laying on your side sex yeah so. Oh, doing a lot of work while holding a baby. Yeah, I never thought of that because I've never been pregnant or had sex <laughs> pregnant. But yeah, now yeah. that I think about it. But people do. They act like it's crazy. They act like we should stop doing porn just because we had a kid or whatever. I mean, you know, it's just kind of something you, you you don't. Well, I personally probably didn't realize like the extent to which people really look down on porn until I yes, really got I know, right? in, the, in the game. And like you realize how many people feel that way. But then at the same time, I mean, like. I'll forever be interviewing a rapper and just mention that I do that shit and they have no fucking clue. And to me, it kind of feels like it should be a bigger deal. Like they should, like, I'm surprised you don't know. Yeah. Also, I think that's cool that like, it's not 
such big news that everybody knows. And has Do they ever get worried that they're on the show where you bone them afterwards? That's the, I hate, that's the <laughs> one thing I hate about it is that when I have a girl on the podcast, a lot of times she'll say that people have been saying that to her. Like, oh, I'm like, so-and-so told oh, me okay. like, oh, you're going on that show. Doesn't that mean you have to fuck him and your girl? Because it's like, you know, I, I interview female rappers and whatever, like all the time. And like, obviously I don't want them, you know, hopefully, hopefully the messages don't get too mixed. Yeah. So you getting these guys on, guys and girls, you're a record producer or something? Like, how did you end up getting into the game where, like you said so yourself, you're not like you're not a rapper. How do you how do you have all these contacts? What made you decide to go down that road? All right. So the I've been doing the BMX website since 2006, and that was going quite well for myself and everything. I opened the bike shop downtown, and around that time I had started to really have this realization of like, okay, social media is becoming everything so how many twitter followers i have matters how you know what we're doing on youtube matters or whatever and i started to be like all right i'm gonna do two things i'm gonna start doing vlogs where we go out and we like ride and i really show like the personality of the dudes that are on my team and that i have that i have riding with me all the time yeah. so i started doing that and that shit started going crazy and then i also was like uh it did you had like a successful bike Oh yeah, yeah, video vlog thing. Sorry, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I know no, it's cool. My my BMX channel had like half a million subscribers and shit like Fuck that. Yeah. I remember we were like we're putting out vlogs and sometimes they begin millions of views and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and then at the same time, I was like, I also want to be a podcaster. So that was pretty much my life for like a couple of years while I lived downtown. Was I would I would go out ride with the guys, do vlogs all day, and then go do interviews at night with pro riders um you know dudes who own owned brands just as many different people in the bmx world as possible um and as that went because you know i'm downtown and this is basically like in the the years that are like the formation of the uh of, of the soundcloud rap world yeah. uh you know there's all these people around that are rappers that are like relevant but they're like 18 19 year olds doing millions of views and they're not you know, they're not like getting the attention of like big media outlets or whatever. And I start putting the pieces together because I'm also listening to a shitload of podcasts at okay. the time. I'm listening to <laughs> Joe Rogan. I'm listening to fucking uh, Joe Budden and Combat Jack, rest in peace. All these people were early on doing it in the hip hop space. And I've started to realize like, oh, I've already kind of got my chops up right here doing these BMX interviews. I'm starting to get confident doing that. But then also like, I fuck with Lil Yachty, who's like 16 at that time, and yeah. nobody had interviewed him yet. So I hit up Lil Yachty, and I get him to pull up and do an interview. And I hit up Tentacion and get him to do an interview. And it starts to, like, really build on itself where, I mean, when I said I hit up X, I mean, he was hitting me up. like, But he was, like, not <coughs> big yet. He had, like, a couple songs, like, a million plays or whatever. But I'm so tapped in in the underground rap scene at it that time. What is the initial spark of Adam22 BMX guy that's got a sweet YouTube channel and your deep connection with the future of hip-hop because i just really was like paying attention to it like yeah. i really like had been paying attention to like so many generations of rap music at that point because i've been listening to it as a kid but i never had any kind of real involvement with it besides just listening to it but for all those years i always like i just kept learning more and more about rap music and getting more and more on top of shit to the point where i started to notice that like oh i'm actually like good at picking what rappers are going to blow up. Like, yeah. I remember listening to like Young Thug so early on BMX trips in like 2010, 2011 and pissing off my fucking friends and the dudes who were on the team because they thought it sounded so fucking weird. And yeah. then fast forward like two, three years and he's like their favorite rapper. And I started to like 
you know, I don't know. I just kept getting more and more into underground shit. And then I moved to L.A. and like Odd Futures taking over. And that was like the era where you really started having like underground rap really rising to the surface where you have like a riffraff or Action Bronson and Sean and the White Girl Mob and all that shit. All, uh, you know, all that stuff just kind of started blowing up and I'm downtown. So it's like, you know, Lil Peep is in a fucking apartment around the corner recording <laughs> and I know who he is from SoundCloud and shit. Right. Like some of his first videos were on our channel and stuff. And uh, I didn't realize how big a deal that opportunity was, which if I did, then I probably would have signed some of those artists or, you know, really. You do that now though, right? Now, a little bit. But like now, now but like at that time, like I met all these artists before they were signed yeah. and didn't realize that like I could have made like millions right, because and millions you, and millions. You saw the future in them before anybody else. Yeah, but I was just like, let me get this interview and then we, yeah. we're cool and oh, we'll you be were friends th- and we'll fucking snort coke together and shit. Yeah. But that's, if you weren't like that from the get go, they wouldn't have been it the real friend. Yeah. Right. Cause when anybody gives you the spiel and you're, you're like, oh, okay, so you want to make money out of me. Yeah. I'm not taking you as a friend. I anymore. really was coming at it from a completely like good hearted right. perspective of just wanting to do those interviews because I just knew how big some of those artists were about to be i just had a lot of faith you know and so now you see the future because obviously it's forever changing and changing faster do you are you past your prime do you no longer see what the kids are doing or are you like yeah yeah whatever next guy's pretty good this guy's gonna be good i mean i still think i'm pretty much like ahead of nearly everybody in the rap game in terms of like really seeing what's coming like being like a big name with a big platform but also being fully tapped into what's going on on yeah. the underground level um but also yeah it, it does get tough as you get bigger and bigger where my time is just so sapped in different directions right. at this point that it's just super hard for me to really be like sitting on fucking soundcloud and knowing about these artists super early on but and then you gotta go you know come on a bunch of chicks with your wife i gotta go do that busy and, busy yeah you know, that's a whole thing you know and uh but but that that is the whole thing is that my my primary challenge in life now is like building out my team, which I've had like amazing success with over the past year or two where I've brought on a bunch of different uh, dudes like AD and T-Rail, Lil House Phone. There's this guy Sharp from Vegas and like no jumper now at this point, we get like a pretty significant percentage of our views on the YouTube channel from all these other hosts that I've built out. So like that that's one of my, like just now this dude T-Rail, like he's done a bunch of different interviews over the, over the course of the past month for us that have been doing really well. And I'm just kind of right. trying to just find more talent and find more people who can be personalities with, especially with us opening the new store and everything. I just right. really want to, I, I need to like focus on the teams that I'm building out more than just like me doing 10 interviews a week. Because like, I mean, Is that I how much st- you were doing. I mean, I do, I'll do five interviews on a slow week. Man, you so. know what? You're the only podcast I've ever talked to who, cause we're all from Sirius XM. We did five days and yeah. it was fucking no big deal. Who cares? Yeah. And everyone's like, uh, man, you're going to do this show and then you're going to be on that show. That seems like a lot. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? That's what I'm saying. It's so fucking like easy one or two shows a week is yeah. easy. It, it's easy for me to get that done, but it's also like, I can't separate my <laughs> interest in so many different things. You know, yeah. like no, you can't spread it. I get it. I'm a guy that yeah. does a lot of things and you have to channel. Like you could pick like two or three at most right. focus on them then when that one starts to settle, then you can rotate to the other ones. Yeah. I mean, I just, I could not imagine limiting myself to one interview a week. And also I realized that early on because I remember when I first got into podcasting, I think Joe Rogan had like 400 episodes and I remember listening to him and then listening to his old episodes and realizing like, oh, he sucked in the beginning. He, he was not good at this in the beginning. And I realized like, oh, 
you might not love yourself as a podcast host right now, but if you do this hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, you're going to get better at it. And so I always figured that that would be my cheat code is if I can do two or three interviews a week back then, that was like, you know, a lot for me because I was editing it myself and everything. I figured that's my cheat code into really getting the experience in, you know? When you're talking back about the artists and having the opinion of of kind of knowing what's good and what isn't, from time to time, you would probably have an opinion on somebody not being as great as they claim to be. Mm. And has that ever got you into some shit? Because seems like out of every everybody in the music industry, hip-hop guys are the kind of people that could come to your studio. Oh, yeah, I had that happen a couple of times, yeah. You have had from, because I know somebody came with a gun, right? But that wasn't, that had nothing to do with it. I was like a crazed fan. I was just like a psychopath, fucking tweaker-ass kid. Um, There was one rapper who sent a couple of dudes to fucking jump me in a a, a nail salon. So I got punched on the side of the head, and then they just like ran out. And I was super confused until like 10 months later, I ended up figuring it out and uh had like a argument with the guy but then we actually ended up settling it and so we were cool after that but uh yeah that that was a unique situation and to be honest like my my perspective on talking shit about rappers or or really being disrespectful towards rappers i've kind of learned over the years that it doesn't really benefit me to be mr opinionated shitting on all these up and coming rappers because ultimately i want to do interviews with these guys so if i'm out here really trying to humiliate somebody like you could be real about somebody but yeah you, you just you have don't an honest use opinion them as a joke you don't want to yep. treat them like a, a, the butt of the joke and i understand like, when it comes to a lot of these up-and-coming rappers i might personally think that they're kind of limited skill wise but if i see the fans resonating with them and i think that they're interesting it's like how what do i have to gain from just telling the world that like this guy sucks at rapping it doesn't right. really and you said so yourself when you first start maybe not so good but with practice who knows yeah, yeah. and I, i've seen tons of artists over the years uh who you know I was, the first time i see them they're terrible and then they're blowing up a couple of years later and from my perspective it's like i'm lucky if i am able to stay in good you know good communication with them and good relationship and are able to like you know continue to work with them and everything i i feel lucky to have that opportunity a nail salon (laughs) (laughs) yeah dudes go to nail salons i know i'm just how did they know that they could find you there that's totally fine i was stupid as fuck and this was like there was an event at my store all day i used to just be in my store all day every day no security no gun nothing just butt naked out there and uh these dudes like waited outside i guess until they saw me go to the nail salon to get my nails done and i'm thinking i'm slick because i got my hoodie up and i'm facing away from the door apparently that that didn't work because they ran up on me but so this this guy that was a fan that came to the studio he just walked in and was like hey i mean did you feel like he was gonna shoot you or did you think from the start that he was just like really sad and just so happened to have a gun it was weird because he was wearing a mask and he had a gun pointed at my head. So definitely it felt like there was a pretty good chance that this was a real thing. But I also like kind of thought it was a prank. So oh. that's why when you watch the clip, I'm kind of like, like I fucking like I'm giggling while I try to fucking duck up under the gun or whatever. But then the thing that made it even weirder is that the person who was there doing security for us at the time who had slipped up and let the dude slip in, he had his gun out right away pointed at the fucking dude's head. So I'm kind of feeling like, maybe this dude's going to get shot in the head right now, like on top of me. Yeah. And so then he ended up not shooting him. And then we ended up just like beating the fuck out of the dude and then calling the cops and having them deal with him. <clears throat> but, uh, how crazy was he? I don't know. Like, did he talk to you? No, we kicked his head in. He wasn't saying nothing. 
From, no, but when he came in, did he say? He said, "Give me I love, money." Oh, okay. So it wasn't. That's weird. You're saying he's a crazy fan, but it just sounds like he was a ro- he robbed. No, you. but okay. And it was a fake gun, and yeah. which is funny because that meant that like he thought that we were going to be like, ah, okay, like you know, like he was going to be able to, like hold us at gunpoint for like I don't know how long or whatever. Even though there was like seven dudes. What did there. he ask for? Like to empty your pocket or what? What was it? He the, said, the, like, he was trying to get your money, and that was like the only thing he got to say okay. before like everybody hopped on him and just beating the fuck out of him. You uh, know. But yeah, he had DM me like. 20 times before that and I uh, didn't respond or see it or anything so uh, that was that was the word I got on that hmm. yeah it was a weird weird chapter in my life I, know, I don't know what happened to him either hey everybody Jason Ellis and the Jason Ellis show crew bringing you athletic greens AG1 it's a powder and you put it in water and it's got a lot of nutritional value in it and it's a good source of day-to-day uh, staying alive and staying healthy, and it doesn't taste like shit. That's right, Jason. One tasty scoop of AG1 contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. This special blend of high-quality, bioavailable ingredients in a scoop of AG1 work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, support energy and focus, aid with gut health and digestion, and support a healthy immune system, effectively replacing multiple products or pills with one healthy, delicious drink. Tastes good, I'm telling you. It's not shit. Yeah, not lying. I absolutely agree. I look forward to having my Athletic Greens. To make it easy for you to try it, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting, free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. Ooh, I could use those. I'm traveling this weekend. I, would I could use some, some vitamin D. Oh! <laughs> I've heard that about you. You get all that, your one-year supply of vitamin D and your five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit. This is a different promo code than we use for a lot of other stuff. Make sure you make a note of this. Athleticgreens.com slash J-E-S. Got it? Write it down. Tattoo it on your forehead. Athleticgreens.com slash J-E-S to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. Freshly fresh food that you put in your mouth. Easy, Roddenberry. Hey, what song's that again? Oh, it's the Freshly song. Oh. It's about putting food in your mouth. It's not similar to the Star Trek song at all. Oh. So get that out of your head. Okay, that's no, what it was. No, 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 no. My bad. Freshly, you say? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got food from them. Me too. I got uh, plant-based meals, and they're tasty. And I am definitely too busy to make food and get around doing that stuff. So uh, it's very convenient. Yep. And especially uh, plant-based, different tests. Pretty hard to get a meal that you would actually want to eat when it's plant-based and uh, sent to you pre-made. Yeah, and they there's a reason it. it's called Freshly because it's not frozen or anything. It's prepared food. It gets packaged. Put in the fridge. And sent to you. Yeah, and you, you got like a week to eat it because yep. it is not frozen crap. It's really good stuff. Um, I was surprised that you can just pop something in a microwave for three minutes, take it out, and you get a full delicious meal. And it's good for you. Like it keeps that. you in shape, too. If you eat this every day, you'll be tip-top, tippity-top, tip-shape. Stop stressing about dinner right now. Freshly is offering our listeners $40, That's $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash Ellis. That's $40 off at Freshly.com slash Ellis. I just wouldn't call somebody a crazy fan if they pointed a gun that was fake or real at my head and asked me for money. I'm like, that's not a... You don't know me. You're a, you're a, you're a. But also, how much money do I have on me? 
Much like right know. now, I have zero dollars on me because the year is 2022. It's a weird question. That's what I'm here, saying. Right? It's a weird, like you're saying everyone drop, open their wallet and put it on the table. I'm like, what's in people's wallets these days? Yeah, exactly. Like how many people yeah. have the fucking clip with just... It was some weird ass. I'll give you my Venmo. Shit, you know, <laughs> like, it, was, it was just some weird ass clout chasing, weird ass shit. I don't know. Yeah. But obviously, that was a big uh, eye opening experience about my security that I needed to move around with. So you, 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 you now do you have it all the time? Uh, no. But when I'm, I'm definitely when I'm at this new store that we're opening, like we have just security armed in front of the store twenty anytime we're open. And then, like, when I'm moving around in that kind of environment, I got my own personal person who's on me. Does that ever bother you? Like, is, it, is that an extra weight you have to carry around or you're okay with it? No, I love it. I think it's it's cool because, like, your security, you got, like, somebody to hang out with, somebody to smoke weed with. You probably shouldn't, but, you know, fuck it. Uh, um, I don't know if that makes you worse at defending yourself. I don't, I, I don't feel like I have any threats incoming that couldn't handle a couple blunts. But Right. No, I, I actually, I like it. I don't wear jewelry or anything like that, but when you have, like, a big large man lurking behind you i feel like that's that's kind of like I, I i get a nice little ego boost out of that like oh i'm important yeah. enough that i need to guard my life oh yeah yeah you know? okay yeah i've hung out with tony hawk a few times where we had a big security guy yeah and i guess i did kind of like it it's like the number one thing that makes you feel like famous and important i feel like a security guard and having an actual reason for it because it's like from oh, my yeah. perspective it's like everybody's seen that video of the dude trying to rob me so it's like if I was out and about on Fairfax at my store without that, people would be looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, like you know? you're going you're going balls to the wall. Yeah, like what are you fucking crazy? Do you ever do that just to be like, look at me, or that's just asking for shit? Well, A, I'm I'm protecting myself at all times. I want to make that clear too. But B Do you have a license to carry? Am I not allowed to ask that question? I go above the line. No there. comment. But uh <laughs> I did across the line. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. But uh uh yeah, I just I I mean I just move very, very differently after that experience plus a handful of other experiences. So it did I've fuck done. with you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of made me realize, like, because, you know, in terms of the idea of you being, like, famous or whatever, you're always kind of, like, trying to figure out in your head, like, am I actually famous or am I just kind of deluding myself into thinking that I'm famous because I have a certain level of, like, internet attention on me, you know? Yeah. And that was, I guess, the moment where it's like, oh, no, like, this could be really bad. Like, like you, 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 it's worth spending money on taking care of yeah. this part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, we did a show for 15 years in a building. And if one time somebody came in the building and waved that around, it would forever change the way I looked at that show. There was one time, I don't even think you remember it, where I thought it was about to happen. Really? And it, what? it's a weird, you don't even remember it. so much time. A guy, I've been hitting the head so many times, it's crazy. Here's I my, know I'm me right now, that's cool. Here's my honest to goodness theory based on very little. A guy came in because he's a fan of the show and we always had an open door. If you say you want to come by, you're in town, come on by, say hi. He brought some friends and I don't know if his friend was a little nervous to be around something, a little entertainment-y. And I, my, my impression was the guy had some sort of PTSD mm. and the guy kind of lost his shit. And it wasn't that he was threatening us, he just, you know, a couple times in your life, everybody's unlucky. It's been some situations where you're like, oh, this is going to be something people are going to read about in the newspaper tomorrow. Right. Something weird and bad is about to happen here. I can just feel there's bad vibrations coming off this guy. Mm. And he just kind of, and we're fucking talking into microphones. So we said, hey, say hi. And he starts talking and like, oh, I don't think anybody wants to hear what this guy has to say. I don't even, I don't even remember what he said, wow. but it was like, okay, how do we, anyway, we got a guest coming on next. So glad you enjoy the rest of your visit to Los Angeles. And I was like, this person is going to, 
And we were trapped in a, a little soundproof box. He didn't actually box. pull out a gun. No, he, no, 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 he oh, did yeah. not. He did not. It was That's the one scary. time I've ever felt like we're going to be uh, we're going to be on the news in the worst way possible. That's probably too high to detect that. Because <laughs> do, doing the podcast and we, you know, these live streams and everything from the back of the store for all those years, I mean, it was just such a. It was an environment that was totally fine when we got there because our profile wasn't that big yet. But then by the time we leave, we got like three million YouTube subscribers and shit like that. And the level of attention on us was just so much more. And just weird shit just kept happening where it's just we're just attracting that. And that was before we had security. Once we got security, then all of a sudden everything was fine, you know, because, you know, people are limited in what they could do. They're not going to really try it with security there for the most part. But like, I remember one time we're sitting in the back of the store because I went through the adpocalypse bad on YouTube in like 2017, where I was making like 50 grand a month off YouTube. And then all of a sudden it became five grand a month for oh, YouTube in okay. the course of like a month. And uh, so we started doing these long live streams at night where we'd be getting people to send in their songs and we'd be playing their songs for like eight hours. And, you know, in a night we might make 10 grand or some shit like that. And that I basically started doing that all the time because people wanted me to listen to their music so bad. But then also like we were fucked on YouTube and I, I needed to do this to like pay the fucking bills at that point, you know? Yeah. And uh, I remember one time somebody donated like 100 bucks or 200 bucks or some shit. And I just... I look at it and it's just a little profile picture of just like a Mexican dude with a mustache. And I just think like, oh, like whatever, that's that's cool. And like said something that was kind of like, you guys are dope. Like I would love to kick it. I would love to kick it with you or some shit. And then all of a sudden, apparently the door wasn't locked. Like 20 minutes later, a dude walks in and I just take one look at him and I'm like, that's the dude. Like I see the mustache. And I'm like, that's the dude. And he just pulls out a fucking bowl and just starts smoking oh. weed and he's just fucking kicking it like total party animal like you guys are real cool man like and and i'm just like what the fuck are we doing like i can't believe that we don't have this environment <laughs> better secured you know yeah yeah that is terrifying did you say anything i mean honestly he was just chilling so we kind of just <laughs> let him rock for like it's 20 minutes and champion. then like one of the homies like kind of asked him oh, to go after man. that and he was cool about it but yeah let me ask you this now that i've got you here because, you know, uh, Josh Eldridge, right? Mm -hmm. And I, Josh is the person where I was like, Katie's got her OnlyFans. Uh, I've got a studio. We could do a show on OnlyFans. Right. And then he goes, yeah, dude, Adam does a show. You don't know about it? I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and he, you know, and then I get the, that's why I sign up to the whole thing. And I'm like, whoa. Right. Full, every, like the proper interview, proper studio, awesome studio, by the way. And then bone. Yeah. And then, like, does OnlyFans, do they like the bit where you're not boning or do they just want the, or which bit do they prefer or do they love that you've collaborated and made it like a like, serious show with fucking? I feel like you have limited analytics on uh, OnlyFans because if it was YouTube, then I would be able to go and look and see exactly what part they're watching. So I'm not 100% sure how many people actually watch the full interview before they watch the fucking. But, you know, from my perspective, when we were conceiving of it, it was like, I hate porn intros is boring as fuck i don't want to hear some stupid ass skit that is not real between you know two people and then you know and i'm not into the gimmicks i don't care about your fucking parody porn or whatever it is but i would i, I like podcasts i feel like i get to know two people when i watch them on a podcast yeah. and also i was kind of thinking at the time like podcasts and porn are two things that people are clearly okay with paying for you know like yeah, yeah. just tons of podcasts that have like a premium element to it the no jumper patreon also does well it's like a separate thing uh so yeah we just kind of came up with that idea like you know maybe the 
podcast bit would actually act as, you know, a proper introduction to some sex stuff. And so we just kind of committed ourselves to doing one episode a week and just went for it. So do you do it in a season? Like you do like a bunch and then chill with it or, do, or are you just, or are you every week you're booked? We like to stay uh, booked up if possible. Like, you know, to have a, like when we started, we had like 10 episodes ready, you know, yeah. right, right now we only have like three episodes ready. So it's like, you know, I got to do. Ang- Sorry to keep you. Angela White on Thursday. <laughs> lock that in. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I'm so busy with other things, but like, you know, from my girl's perspective, it's like, like for me, the way I would prefer to do it is like, let's take a whole day. We're going to fuck four girls. We're going to get a whole month's worth of content done in a day. And it'll be good. From my girl's perspective, you know, she wants to actually give it her all and fuck her makeup up yeah. every time and stuff. And so it's kind of taxing to like be doing a sex scene and then is having that, to do another one. Is that more her main job right now? Uh, Yeah. Her her main gig is just OnlyFans. And then but your one as well. and her one she operates, correct? Huh? She has, a, she has her own separate one. Oh, yeah, yeah. She has her own OnlyFans. And then the plug talk thing is me and her 50 50. Right. So that's, she's got to give content to both those things all week, right? It's a, it's a constant thing. Am I wrong? Or- uh, yeah. And a lot of times she'll like have me show up to the plug talk studio and she'll be like, hey, like, can we both give you head and then we'll do the interview and then we'll fuck? And I'm like, oh, you're trying to get a two for one deal here. here okay. Uh, I fucking hate that. Let's do it. Yeah. It sounds like a sweet gig. <laughs> it makes me perform better because if I, if I nut right before we do the interview and then I got a whole refractory period of me interviewing them for 45 minutes, then it's like all of a sudden I'm ready to fuck again by the time I get done the interview. Katie. Yes. <laughs> You're going to need to make me jizz before the interview tomorrow. <laughs> I just need to test that out. And then, of course, immediately milk me afterwards. Okay? Gotcha. All right. And film it for OnlyFans. Yeah. Woo. Coach no, Adam no, 22 no. over here has got me so I already know what I'm doing. Now, if he called his OnlyFans show the refractory period, would you have an issue with that? That was a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like and now I'm starting to realize, like, if this guy says if that's a great idea, you should, like, do it. Probably. I, mean, I, I like it, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm starting to understand you. Like, you could be, uh, like, a talent judge and tell people that they're, like, seeming piles of shit and then crash your e-bike and break your back. I could do that. Yeah. Do you know what's really Have funny you been off of that? No, nah, not yet. But you you know what uh, you really like, though, is that we manage OnlyFans girls as well now. It makes sense because you know the... You know what? There's two things I think here because you've got your wife is super popular on there. Right. I don't want to say it's cheating because of, well, how did you get popular in the first place? But And you just said so yourself. You don't know how many people watch the talking bit versus the sex bit. It's more like you've made such a powerful brand mm. that what i mean could you could you fail at only fans at this point i don't think so because if anything i look at where we're at right now and it's kind of like when we started it i felt like you know low six figures a month would be like bare minimum what we would do yeah and so it's done quite a bit better than that but i also don't you know to me success of like what i think it could be i think the potential market for the fusion of porn and podcasting is massive. And I also feel like I'm in a more big picture perspective. I'm building a media company with my girl called plug talk. And our premier product is this weekly podcast called plug talk that involves me and her interviewing somebody and then fucking them. But we're also working on a website that's going to be uh, full of all of our content behind a paywall and everything, okay. some percentage of it. 
behind other ones and like you know not I, on I, OnlyFans. No, well, it's gonna be like a website that you can do instead of the OnlyFans, and you'll be able to get all the content for cheaper than if you just did it through OnlyFans, and it'll be organized Ooh. in a better way. And we, I just feel like this media company could potentially produce a way, way more content that is basically just kind of a mix of uh, you know interview stuff and and porn stuff. Would and, other people's content be on there as well? Ah, uh, perhaps. You know, I just I have I have many ideas that i feel huh. like we could do under this umbrella we just brought we just hired our first full-time employee for plug talk so uh she's helping us really get the workload under control so that you, i'm able to sort of focus on some more big picture stuff what is your thoughts on when your kids get a little older because i had to tell my daughter uh I, I, um you know she's gonna know her friends are gonna say something that you know, Katie has her OnlyFans. Right. She was like, yeah, that's cool. I got friends that have that. And I was like, wait, please don't say that. But <laughs> How old is your daughter? 16. Oh, God. So she's, she knows people that have them. And I'm like, oh, God. But she knows because people know because that's the world, man. People right. know that people have OnlyFans. Some people are parents that have OnlyFans. Some people aren't. I don't know. Yeah. But some people are gay straight and all that other stuff. I feel like the kids know more about that. Yeah. But I'm also... You know, my son's 12. I don't want to fucking talk to him about it at all. Mm. I'm I mean, dreading the fuck out of it. We're seeing it from our eyes. Like, I just feel like. Yeah, this, explain that to me. This new I'm, generation of kids, like, I just don't think that they view being naked on the internet as anywhere near as big a deal as my generation. I think was. you're right. I was in high school and there was a girl in my grade who got fucked with a Dr. Pepper bottle, I believe it was, like a, a rather large one from what I remember at the time. And this was the scandal of the school. People printed out the pictures and fucking hung them on the vending machines at mm. lunch and shit. It was like the biggest thing. I think she had to change schools because her, her her reputation was smeared so bad. It was <laughs> such a whore of you know, being photographed when she was like probably 17 or underage. And now point. I love how you're going to turn this into and, a And I just story. don't think that that would... Be, like even I'm watching Euphoria right now and like they're talking about people's nudes getting leaked and stuff. Yeah. And they don't even talk about it as if it would be as cataclysmic as it seemed to me when I was a kid. And especially now, like, bro, like my my daughter, when she becomes, you know, cognizant of what the fuck is going on, if she was, you know, eight or nine or whatever, I mean, all her fucking friends, moms, like, you know, even if she's around like a pretty affluent crowd, I'm still thinking like, you know, 20 or 30% of those mobs probably are going to have OnlyFans at some point in their life, right? Yeah. It doesn't seem that hard Husbands to are going to have them, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I feel like the stigma is uh, waning to a certain extent. It might seem crazy to people now. I wish that I had like realized how much more mainstream porn was going to be in like 2010 because I really could have capitalized on it. You because- still think it's mainstream. I, I think it's becoming mainstream so rapidly and so much of that happened during the pandemic. Are you not feeling a push towards people trying to stop this from, because I, I I feel like there's another side that is angry about the uh, expression of, of, of that kind of stuff. I don't know. Maybe, I, I don't, I don't think bit. they have any power. You know, I think that eh. an open internet is clearly like the internet is becoming more open. Obviously the, the principal problem is that porn is like, you know, banished from all social media. Right. So that is like the main thing that needs to be fixed, I guess. Yeah, because it's like you can knock someone out and kill them on video, but you can't show titties. And I'm like, man, I'd rather my kids saw titties. The porn social media thing just needs to get better. Like OnlyFans is cool, but like the if there was like a better free layer of that, like if you had like the like you know the OnlyFans site really felt like when you go on Instagram, but it's porn friendly 
but the problem is it's not going to be able to exist in the app store. It's going to have to be a website that's separate from it. But I feel like there's a lot of riches to be made for the You're person right. that figures that problem out. Because it is kind of a, it's a little bit janky. If you put it up against Instagram and you're just like watching it for entertainment purposes, yeah. it is, there's something kind of a little bit budget. You don't get to it. explore. If you got to yes. explore yes. and then like once you get to the girl's page, boom, like, okay, I like her. I'm spending Man, not the five mention, bucks. Boom. Now I get more content. That would get so many other people out there subscribing to people they didn't know about either. Yeah. I mean, part of the problem, though, is that it's like if you start a social network and you're like, okay, anybody can post anything. Well, guess what? You're going to have a bunch of Nazis showing up because that's just how it always works. Is that What's you, the deal with Nazis? How do they just show up and do that? Because they need places where they can you know, recruit or do whatever the Man, fuck Nazis they want to do. Get when they know it's tough for them on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. So it's like it's tough for but them. Whenever, whenever anybody opens it's hard up out there a, for a Nazi. <laughs> you know, whenever they introduce like a free speech social network, yeah. what happens? All the white nationals go there and they fucking turn it out and they have a big old party. And then oh. that becomes the image of that platform, regardless of if that's what they intended. Yeah, it's like the dark web just erupts onto right. the other side. Right, because you can never really like get behind the dark web because even if you think that people should be able to buy drugs and guns, without the government getting involved, it's like, well, there's child porn on there. Right. So you can't ever, like, like just pure free speech is just yeah. never going to be a solution online. No. Yeah, you got to separate the gun-loving drug addicts from the bad people. Yeah. Well, What's up with know. Nazis and uh, pedophiles, man? Like, such a... They're like, online. They, they want somewhere to go. It's a lot more than I thought, you know? Yeah. Seems like it's a big group of those people. They're out there. Well, and there's always a phenomenon that people become emboldened because for the longest time, you're like, everyone's telling me I'm the biggest creep and I'm pretty sure they're right. Unfortunately, you meet 15 other guys around the world who are like, fuck, dude, we can't help it. And you go, yeah, maybe I'm not that bad. And then something horrible just got a million times worse. Yeah, and if you if you don't think that like child exploitation on the internet is that big a problem, uh, Google like Sam Harris... You probably don't want to Google this. Google yeah. Sam Harris, child pornography or whatever. Like there was like a podcast episode he did at one point about the magnitude of that problem of how many people are looking at this shit online. What the it will fuck, blow dude? your fucking mind and it'll really the, the 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 level to which it seems like there's almost nothing that society could really do to stop the problem is extremely depressing and crazy. Because it's that many people. And it's just also like even like the FBI and shit seems kind of like powerless to do much about 99% of it. Even if they do, they do do impressive busts with it sometimes, but yeah. it's not exactly cheap or easy, you know? Right. It's, it's like fighting cocaine. Like even when they're like, wow, look at us, we got 20 tons of it. It's like everybody exactly. in town still had blow that day. You know? Hey, I don't want to end on this night. This <laughs> is terrible. Here we go, here we go. I got you. I got you. Fell off. Adam, you just talked to a parkour guy, huh? Oh, I did. Yeah. Jason's a huge fan. Wait, hang on a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> stuck, stuck on child porn. I no. I thought you um, interviewed. Who's my son? This is how I don't even want to say it. Bobby Schmurda. Yeah, Schmurda, man. Yeah, but before that, that was parkour. Yeah. That's probably like our biggest one this year so far. Schmurda. I got like three hundred thousand on YouTube in the first day, so that's, that's pretty good. Oh, damn. He's great. He was the most energy that I've ever seen from anyone i interviewed ever in my yeah. entire life i could not believe the fucking energy that nice guy radiates off him yeah nice guy but i mean it's just he's, he smokes hella weed too and he's just jumping out of the sea and he's falling out of the chair laughing that shit's yeah. insane good for him 
I'm happy to know that he's happy. I like watching video of him falling out of his chair. I'm like, yeah. good for you, dude. He didn't even seem too upset about doing seven years in prison. He just seemed like he was kind of... Hmm. Everything's how you look at it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you're not in there right now. That's something to be pretty ecstatic about. That's the truth. I'd be pretty pumped. Dude, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate, appreciate it. it. I know you're a very, very busy guy. Got to get you on mine at some point. In a fucking second, dude, of That's course, it. obviously. But. I had to do the decision last night of am I going to watch uh, Jason on Logan Paul? Or am I going to watch him on The Nine Club? And I was like, do I want to listen to him talk, you know, skate minutia? <laughs> or do I want to listen to him talk to a couple of fucking meatheads? So I went meathead with him. Are you, I, do you talk to those guys at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fuck, I'm, I'm tight with Mike and I've hung out with Logan. And okay, because those dudes seem pretty, you know, for where I am and having me on, they seem pretty nice. Like, yeah, I get yeah, it. No, they're I'm, sick. Yeah, they seem like nice people. Yeah, uh, almost. I thought we were going to fight each other that day. I brought my fighting gear, but oh, they really? were busy. But I was like, "Come on, man, give me a shot. Let's see what, how good you really are." Oh, I wanted man. to get a taste. I'm past that point in my life. I ain't trying to. Fight Wait, you train? Anymore. I I did jujitsu and shit like ten years ago in Long Beach. Yeah, for a couple for like a year. Oh, okay. Going like once or twice a week, and it was tight. But I don't know. Do you bike a lot? Nah, I'm too busy. Could you do like? Can you still right now for like a hundred bucks do like? A nose wheelie down the street, like with the, and then you have your that foot off or whatever and shit. Oh, a hang five. Yeah, I can, I I was never able to get that. The can hang you, five, like can a manual you, down the street. You can do manuals for days. Yeah. Can you do tail whip on the flat ground? No. Did you ever? Were you ever? Could you ever do that? Nah, I used to try tail whip <laughs> over the hip at the skate park all you the fucking do tail time. Whip? And it started to like kind of feel kind of all right over the years, but I never got one. That's the shit. If I was a BMX dude, that would have been my jam. I always wanted to do one. Because I yeah. do 360 varial, which is our tail whip. Right. But I can tell tail whip seems like no, it's for a little sure. more involved. Like, I've known countless dudes who like learn to tail whip a hip. And that's like, they're probably never going to learn anything after that. Why not? Why like, bother? That, that's just it. That's it right there. It's, fucking, it's, it's an excellent move. Made the whole fucking bike whip brown. Then you land back on the bike again. Maybe Sick. I could learn it at 40. I'll do it at a contest with you. Wait, I shouldn't do that. I should. But I would do it because I would just, you can do it and then I'll just eat shit for like half an hour and you can be like, man, cool. Good seeing you. Fucking. Because I can't really bike, but I'll do it. I did a 360 over a gap once on a BMX, like at a skateboard demo. Really? Yeah. My body hurts just thinking about doing a fucking tail whip into a foam pit. Even like just getting out of the foam pit would just drain me. Try being 50. You're 50? Yeah. Wow, that's sick. I know, right? I feel ancient at 38. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so I'm just saying when you're sore. This is sometimes I find it hard to have the will to live anymore when I wake up in the morning. I'm joking. Sometimes I'm just that. really sore. That's really Thanks for being on the show, dude. Appreciate you guys. Check him out on all his things because he does all these things. If you don't want to see his dick, maybe don't do the OnlyFans one, but it's pretty exciting. His wife's hot. All the chicks that they fuck are hot. It's pretty cool. All right. He needs no help. Thanks for being on here. <laughs> don't die. Boy, boy, boy. Thanks, dude. If you want more Jason Ellis show, sign up for their Patreon at patreon.com slash ellismate for a two-hour show every Tuesday and Wednesday. To watch full episodes of the Jason Ellis show, subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash the Jason Ellis show. And don't forget to follow the crew on Instagram at wolfmate at Tollywood, at Kevin Craft, at Underwearwolf, and at The Jason Ellis Show.
what Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Whether you're selling carrot beaters or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash podcast 22. Shopify.com slash podcast 22.